Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is a Brewers Outlet Friday here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. It is the Steve Jones Show. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors Studio, Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And, of course, every Friday show brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, micros, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere, water, soda, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And that pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, indeed, second to none, plus six great flavors of slushies. I got to stock up there this weekend. I don't know about the slushies because it's going to be cold this weekend, but definitely a couple of other cold ones may be in the plans for this weekend. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, and also at uh, Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And... Just recapping another tough one for Penn State last night. They finally get the shooting going again, especially from Jabari Wheeler. Three straight threes to help Penn State kind of stay with it in late in the first half. Had those nine quick points there. So it was good to see that for Penn State. And then comes the second half again. You get up eight. You're in a good spot against this team. But then once again comes the scoring drought. From the 14:04 mark till about the nine-minute or so mark of the second half, and that helped fuel the comeback for Ohio State. Other than also too, they couldn't miss, especially Dwayne Washington Jr. That that guy is a tremendous player. He's going to be dangerous in the postseason as he's been all year. And he made some tremendous shots last night, both beyond the arc and in the paint too. But once again, scoring droughts continues to hurt Penn State and now this five-game losing skid. I I just don't know what to make of it other, other than it's just the way the season is gone. It really is just amazing. And really, Penn State, other than me counting probably a full handful of times... Guys were stepping out of bounds for no reason last night. I can't explain that. So you go to some, still some minor execution errors on Penn State's part offensively. But other than that, in the scoring drought, I mean, Penn State gave Ohio State another good game once again, as they did last week. I mean, if you see the final score of this game, it doesn't necessarily tell the story. This is a close game throughout. 
and Ohio State really had to work, and Stephen probably had to work well, even more than last time. But man, yeah, just that one you know that one scoring drought that just that just really killed him. But it was good to see the shooting get back into place, especially for Jabari Wheeler. Yeah, but you know what? You got to play smart basketball. Oh, you do. I just mentioned I and, counted and it, a handful of times that um, guys were stepping out of bounds last night. Yeah, you can't step out of bounds three times. But, I, you know, this is what's so maddening about being a coach. Coaches get blamed for everything. I got it. You're the face of the program. You're the face of the franchise, whatever it may be. Okay. And people act like coaches don't coach. They don't act like they they, they, act, they don't act like you know, coaches don't go over things. They ought to be working on their free throws. Boy, you don't think they don't shoot free throws in practice? No, we're good there. We don't need to do that. Coaches go over. I see James Franklin. I know it goes back. You know, I saw Joe do this. James Franklin, Bill, you know, Ed DeCellis, Chambers, Parkhill, Jerry Dunn, Dick Carter, right? Jim Ferry. Go over one situation after another. They need to be better end of game. You do, what, do you sit back and do you think that they don't sit there and say, you know what, I don't think we need to work on end of the game. We don't play a lot of close games. They go through every conceivable situation. Every conceivable situation they go through all the time. All the time. And if, for example, the blue team, which is the varsity group, if they're dominating, they'll change it. One day, it was earlier this week, uh, they were practicing uh, end of game. And the blue team, they made it, I think if they made it 70-70. Well, suddenly the blue team is up 78-70. So they stopped the drill and they changed it. And they said, okay, now it's 78-77, and they put X amount of seconds back seconds on the clock. It was, it was under a minute. Well, they changed it up because they needed to put more game pressure on them. And that's what they did. And they work on this all the time. Over and over and over. And this is the part where, for me, when you're broadcasting it and you know what they've worked on and why they've worked on it, and now you get to a situation at the end of the first half last night. So let's get to the end end of the first half. 49.1 seconds to go. Myron Jones gets fouled. Great. First thing I said in the broadcast was as follows. I said, now that means Penn State gets two of the last three possessions of the half as it plays out. Okay. That's what you're hoping for. I mean, that that can't work out any better. So you feel good about that. Right? So Myron Jones steps to the line, hits two free throws. Well, as long as it runs down 19 seconds, you're going to get the last possession. 
Nope, 42 seconds, seven seconds later, Penn State commits a foul. 30 feet from the basket. You sit there and go, now this is the one where Jamari hit knees with Walker. But he's too close to him. Okay, there's no need to be that close to him. All right. And guess what? You not only fouled, now Jamari got hurt, obviously, but you not only fouled on the play, but you fouled with 42 seconds. Only seven seconds ran off the clock. Now, do you think the bench, the coaching staff, taught him to foul there? No. And now you've done two things. You've now made it so Ohio State, because there's 42 seconds left, now they get two of the last three possessions. Okay. And you put a guy on the free throw line who has missed three free throws all season. He was 59 to 62. So essentially you've given up two points. And they're going to get another possession. All right. So not smart. He does hit the two free throws. Penn State gets the ball, runs a good set, gets a little late in the clock. There's 14 seconds, so it's like I think there was two or three on the clock. Myron Jones took a three, missed it, and Seth Lundy got the offensive rebound. Well, great. That means you get the last possession. Except, and this has been a pet peeve for Dick and me for a while now, there is a propensity for whatever reason it is for for young players to, instead of being patient, to go too soon. And Sam Sessoms was in the game, and Sam went too soon. Now, he got fouled driving to the bucket, but he got fouled with 8.6 seconds to go. He made both free throws good, but Ohio State had plenty of time to come down the floor, and Arns got the three of the wire. See, Matt, it's that kind of, like, you can coach it, go over it, coach it, go over it, coach it, go over it. Right? And he's, that's why it's so it's maddening sometimes for a coach because look, what makes LeBron James? You want to know what makes LeBron James in a basketball world? What makes LeBron James and Tom Brady, for example, who they are? Now, James is obviously a, a, an incredible physical talent beyond words. I mean, he's, I mean, a man that size, that athletic. But LeBron James is so smart the way he plays the game. He's smart. Okay? He's smart the way he plays. And that's why it's hard for some coaches who coach LeBron to really make a name for themselves because they don't need to coach, per se, because LeBron just knows the situation. And he knows what he has to do with the basketball. But you're begging to have a guy like that. Exactly. You're begging to have a guy like that that has a feel for the game. Brady, because he has a feel for the game. where the game is so slow for them in such a way where they look around and they make plays and they don't panic. We go back to Sunday, okay? You do a game reset. You tell everybody, 
on the broadcast. Eight team fouls, Nebraska. Penn State is in the one and one. Penn State, four team fouls. They've got two to give. I'm telling you, Matt, on Sunday, if Penn State fouls and the bench was screaming for a foul, they're screaming for a foul. Absolutely, yeah. You can see, you can see it clearly on the right? broadcast. You can hear it. Yeah. All right. And guess what? They didn't foul him. If they foul him, I am ninety-five to ninety-eight percent sure. All right. That when Penn State then after the foul, now you, you why do you foul to set your defense? You can set your defense instead of being in a helter skelter. Fire drill. I'm 98% sure Nebraska doesn't score. They might not even get a shot because of how they played the previous eight minutes. I'm with you. But I'm saying that this you're seeing this across the board in sports all over the place where the ones that really know how to play stand out so much. Are, and are invaluable to whatever team they happen to be with, college or pro. Why does a guy like Chris Paul continue to get jobs in the NBA? Because guess what? He's smart. He knows how to play the game. I'll give you a really good example. Sometimes they may not be the best athlete out there. All right? May not be the best athlete. But Winfield's Brandon Smith is a perfect example of of somebody who knows how to play the game of football. He knows how to play it. He knows, he sees it, believes it, understands it, watches a tape, gets what the tendency is, gets himself to the right spot. Brandon, The first time Brandon Smith really saw extensive playing time was a game in Beaver Stadium against Temple. After the second series he was out there, we go to a commercial break. Jack, Jack Ham and I take our headsets off, and Jack looks at me and says, now that guy knows how to play linebacker. It's invaluable. But he's not the guy leaping over the pile to make a play so the athleticism doesn't stand out, but the ability to know how to play, have a feel for how to play the game, knows the game. Oh, my goodness. Those guys are invaluable. And there's too many people out there that they play, but they don't really know how to play. You know, Ohio State's got some guys like that. I mean, Justin Arns can shoot. Would you watch him play defense? I mean, Chris takes him out. Guy who can shoot that well, but he gives up as much as he... You know, it's yeah. That's that's one of my biggest complaints in sports. Despite all the sports we see all the time, over and over and over again, we watch it, we watch it, we watch it. Video games are so realistic now. See, knows how I appeal to the suit. You know that very well done. Yeah, it's that you should have a better feel as to how the game is played. But when it comes to the basics of time, score, and situation, you have to have everybody understanding it. 
And the problem in sports is, is you don't have everybody on the field, the court, or the ice that understands it. You've got some great athletes out there that can make some plays, but they don't, want, they don't really know how to play the game. And that's where it catches up to you in those situations. And sometimes you're overwhelmed by the moment. Ohio State's a good team. Really good team. They're not great at any one thing. They're very good at everything. They're a very good passing team, a very good shooting team, a very good free-throw shooting team, a very good three-point team, a very good defensive team, a very good passing team. And right now, if you're very good at everything, you're very good and hard to beat. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. In a, John Harris said something last night. Uh, I'm going to get to here a little bit later in the show. That I think is this screams to Penn State fans. In a moment, here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Brewers Outlet, which is keeping Matt sane in these tough days. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, later in the show, Amani Oruwariye and the King. I think it's only appropriate that you get mentioned in the same sentence, don't you? Oh, of course. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere, wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. In fact, I believe Matt, before the Wednesday, was making daily trips. That's right. That's what I said. (laughs) And we're in the Sunbury Motor Studio. So great to have you with us. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The beverage supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury, wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. 
taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. You heard that uh, car wash commercial there, Matt? Yes. I begged him. I mean, begged him <laughs> to get acting lessons. <laughs> I thought it was rock solid advice. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And also six great flavors of slushies. Slushies never go out of style, my man. We are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford. Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Fabulous new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory. Great selection. Sales staff that works with you and your budget. Service department that takes care of it for the life of the vehicles. You know, everything from, hey, something you it's tough to, obviously, something that is a routine. Very important. It's all at Sunbury Motors. Fourth Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. So it's the day after the big trade. Are you okay? Yeah, it's it's just disappointing, that's all. More disappointed that, than anything else. That you, lost your, that you lost your guy or you got nothing in return? Uh, both. More losing him because, like I said yesterday, the draft compensation is what I thought they would get. I just thought that maybe they can get another player, but they didn't. But uh, all that combined, yeah. it's In the NFL, getting another player doesn't do much for you, to be honest with you. Usually getting another player is a short term in the NFL. Normally it's short term when you look at something like that, to be honest with you. I mean, think about it. What long-term trade has there been made in the NFL? You're like, whoa. I mean, and you go way back, obviously. I mean, you talk about Eagles history. I mean, the Eagles gave up Sonny Jurgensen for Norm Snead in a trade with Washington. Now, that ended up being a long-term trade for both teams. That's very much on the on par with the Goff-Stafford trade. But um, you usually don't see you know, baseball as trades where it's whoa, you know, significant individual for significant individual and so forth. Sometimes in the NBA that happens too. Doesn't happen that much in the NFL. Have you noticed that? 
Yeah, it's it is rare. Or it doesn't happen as often, I should say. And I just uh, I don't think it's it's I don't think that's going to change much. You may see a trade now and again, but a lot of times they're trades and they're made for I mean just solely for money reasons. I mean, not really for personnel. I mean, you get draft choices out of it, which they've done. Okay, that's that's a big part of it, and that's what the Eagles ended up getting. They ended up getting draft picks out of it, but that brings with it risk as well, because a draft pick brings with it. The uncertainty as to how good are they? I mean, look at the Eagles, for goodness sakes. I believe, and you can check this, maybe there's an Eagles fan that knows this, but I believe my understanding is since 2012, since Fletcher Cox, the Eagles have not drafted a Pro Bowl player, have only drafted one Pro Bowl player since Fletcher Cox. I believe that is correct. And that player is... Carson Wentz. Right. Now that screams something to you, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's what I've been preaching the last couple of weeks. I mean, that's what it screams to you. It screams something to you um, that. Because they've made some picks that I found so curious. I mean, I know Nelson Aguilar eventually played well for them, but for a couple of years, it just, I mean, it just wasn't working. Uh, I feel the same way. I know it's only one year, but I feel the same way about Rager. I'm not big on Rager. I don't quite get that pick. That makes no sense to me. I mean, that's me. Eagles fans may disagree with that. It's just I, I, I don't see it. I know you're a big Rager guy because you're you know all in on the team, but I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't jumping up and down, but I didn't hate it because again, there were better players on the board at the time, like a Justin Jefferson. So, but yeah, it's it's those it's those types of moves that the Eagles can't overthink this time. Like I mentioned yesterday, if you have a guy like a Devont, like a, like Devontae Smith on the board at number six, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. You you got to take him. Yeah, well, who's going to throw the ball to him? The guy that's completing 54% uh, of his passes? That remains to be determined. But I think if you get players like that who can get separation who can create plays with their legs afterwards yards after the catch I think that can go up a little bit well I think he's a game breaker so I'm with you I think he's an absolute game breaker he's been a game breaker since his freshman year for goodness sakes but of course if guy like Penny Sewell's on the board yeah you got to take him if 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 uh, Devontae Smith is gone, like I said, those are the two guys that I'm tracking for the Eagles, and I would not hate Micah Parsons either, as I know he's he's clicked to the Eagles on a lot of draft boards right now. 
in a lot of mock drafts. I don't hate that either because the Eagles obviously need a linebacker desperately. But, like I said yesterday, I think Devontae Smith's the best player of this draft. Well, they're all risk. Every one of them. They're all risk. That's why you see, you know, it's interesting. You go through the draft. He can do this. He can do this. He can do this. Okay. And have to two-thirds of them make it, one-third don't. Now, remember, as we've said many times in the show, if you're a top three-round pick in the NFL, you have to play your way out of the league. If you're a round four to seven or free agent, you've got to, through your play, play your way into the league. And I'm talking about the ability to get that all-important second contract. That's what I'm talking about. You've really got to prove yourself. If you if you are a one through three draft pick, I mean they're sitting there on the one through three line. And they're looking around, saying, "You know what? And there's something there. There's something there." Now they may not be with you, but they're going to get more chances to prove themselves in the league than somebody else. Four through seven free agent. They don't quite see it right away. Well, it's going to move on. Okay, uh, the Board of Trustees today at Penn State did pass the motion to fund the renovation to Lash Building. Cost $48.3 million. University so far has raised $8 million for it. So this is what they want to do. What they want to do is this. At Lash Building, they want to put it in strength and conditioning upgrades. They're going to expand that area. A first floor weight room expansion. Now, what you're going to need with any renovated building is mechanical and electrical system upgrades. You'll need that. New lobby entrance. Then the student athlete and development suite that will house what's called the fifth quarter program. This is designed to help student-athletes get themselves accustomed to college life, but also transition, allow them to have an easier transition to professional life afterward. Sports medicine upgrades. You know, I mean, everything everything is simple, even a table, anything like that, which they need. The tables they have are, to be honest with you, functional, but very, very old, very old. A new hydrotherapy pool, trainer and assistant trainer offices, graduate assistant and and student trainer workstations. They're also going to have locker rooms, a locker room for women that work there. There are those that work there in nutrition, those that work there, for example, uh, trainers. Tessa John's one of the trainers. And she has an office there, but a locker room as well that will be put in for them. So that was passed today by the Board of Trustees. They also, in a trade, acquired Carson Wentz from the Colts. No, I'm just kidding. 
did that for you. Thank you. Now, do you have a game tonight? I do not. I have the whole weekend off of games before I okay. return for two next week. And Chickalemi next plays when? Tonight. At Shemokin. Rescheduled from last night. I guess they asked the chief, are you warming your voice up? And he said, for what? <laughs> well, you're on the broadcast. You go, I know I'm on the broadcast. Operative words, I'm on the broadcast. <laughs> well, you got to give the suit credit. He, he takes one deep breath at 7 o'clock. And about the middle of the third quarter, he then has to take the second one. That's where Dave jumps in. You got to get, you know, I mean, Dave's timing's <laughs> impeccable. And, and then you say to yourself, wow, why wasn't that guy talking more? All right, we'll come back with more in a moment. <laughs> Brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury on News Radio 1070 WKOK. My sincerest apologies to Dick and Milton. Uh, Dick, uh, my computer went down, and so I've been rebooting it, so I didn't have a call screen, and I didn't want you to think I was ignoring you. No, it's no, just, no. Imagine it, how many computers went down in Texas this week. <laughs> just yeah, thinking exa- about that yeah, when the power went out. Exactly. Well, anyhow, my question was: the other, last week, I think it was. I think it was last, maybe this week. You were you talking to somebody in the state college about about uh, guys that came to Penn State through the portal? And my question, my question was because I saw a tight end had left, and I know you lost a couple quarterbacks. How many? And I know it's kind of iffy because I guess other other kids can come back for a fifth year for, for a free year. How many how many impact or did they lose any impact players Penn State lose any impact players through the portal this year? I guess that's my question. In my opinion, uh, let's see. I mean, I mean they, lost a, Thor- they lost a good backup quarterback. I understand that. Yeah, good backup quarterback, but he wasn't going to win the job. And as I've said before, uh, you know, you watch every rep and I do watch every rep. And James Franklin kept making the right decision as to who the starting quarterback should be. That's with all due respect to Will. Uh, Will's going to get a shot at Kentucky. Thorpe started, but Scruggs was passing him out. Uh, Antonio Shelton transferred to Florida. But if you notice, Dick, Penn State didn't keep anybody for a sixth year. I think that's important. Uh, And Derek Tangelo from Duke, who transferred in, is very much the same skill set uh, that Antonio Shelton has. So when it comes to, you know, Zach Kuntz obviously has nice potential, but Theo Johnson and Brenton Strange both passed him out, and Tyler Warren was close too. Uh, and, I, and I like Zach Kuntz. I think Zach will help whomever, but on this roster, uh, it was going to be a, a long, tough haul for him. So I would say the answer to the question would be probably did not lose any significant ground with anybody who transferred out. I mean, I don't know these guys the backups like you would know them, I and I was I was just curious. I don't even know the number we lost. What five, maybe total? Four or five. Well, that's a good question. Well, off the top of my head, maybe five is right. I mean, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I know because you know, they all how many, how many are coming in. Yeah, Judge Culpepper transferred out. You know, I mean, some guys are further down the roster transferred out, too. Guys coming in, 
Epikidi, the defensive end from Temple. I mentioned uh, Derek Tangelo, Johnny Dixon. Uh, let's see, the Wilson kid from Harvard, who I, I, I know nothing about. I'm not going to sit there and pretend I'm an expert on Ivy League offensive lines. Phil Troutwine likes him, so if he likes him, I'm in. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think who else transferred in. Those, oh, love it, the running back from Baylor, who, by yeah, the way, looks I quick mean, to me. I think he looks really quick. I mean, those are the those are the key guys that transferred in. There's still room for a couple of other people to transfer in if they wanted to go that route. They were able to maintain Jahan Dotson, huge. Uh, Tariq Castro-Fields coming back was huge for a fifth year. Jaquan Brisker coming back was huge for uh, what's his third year here and his fifth year of eligibility. I mean, those were big. Um, yeah. Not just the guys that, that, you know, they had transfer in, which I think are, are going to, for the most part, help, but it's also the guys that stayed. Yeah, that that's, that's what I was wondering, guys. how many guys are staying. Yeah, it's, oh. it, but you notice there are no sixth-year guys. And I think in order okay. to keep a roster balance, because you're trying to keep it at 85, you weren't given extra scholarships to work with. So it wasn't like the NCAA said that everybody has a fifth year, and by the way, you're allowed to carry 95 guys. They kept it at 85, which means you have to keep your balance at 85. And I think one of the concessions to that was no sixth-year guys. Didn't they lose another backup quarterback, though? Uh, yeah, Micah Bowens, tran- Micah, Micah Bowens, the true freshman, transferred Oklahoma. So they lost two quarterbacks in a sense, and how, and how many will be on the roster then? As of right now, they have four quarterbacks on the roster that are working out right now. They okay. have Sean Clifford, Taquan Roberson, Christian Valu, the true freshman, and Mason Stahl, the walk-on, are the four quarterbacks working right now. I think before the spring is out the door might be open if somebody's available and fits what you want to do. I don't think if somebody wanted to transfer in, they would turn them down if it fit what they wanted to do. Oh, that kind of answered my question. I'm not real big on this transfer portal personally. We talked about it before, but that's just me. I just... Yeah, you know, I'm with you. You know what, Dick? I'm with you. I'm old-fashioned in that regard. But, you know, if you're James Franklin... You got to go with what the rules are, and you, right. and you know, and you understand that. I mean, I know you get it. I mean, it, it, just because you get it and you work with it doesn't mean you have to like it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've seen con- wrestling teams really improve because a kid took came in for a last year at a really good school and took over his position because they lost somebody, and it, that doesn't yeah. happen. That never happened before. You know. Uh, didn't All they right. get the guy? Didn't they get the guy from Iowa State that transferred in was here one year? Yeah, they've got they've had guys at Penn State transferring, yeah. but but Rutgers has had guys transferring to All American, national champs almost just transferred in. Yeah, and That's Suriano. What I'm yeah, Nick Suriano. Does that sound right? No, but yeah, but they got the guy from the other guy, the North, the other Big Ten kid came in, the lightweight came in at one twenty-five. Oh, okay. I think it was. I mean, I just think it's that's going to happen all along the road here. Why not go to a, why not why not go to a top ten team? I mean that, and that's exactly the attitude a lot of people have. Look, I, if that's the best way to enhance my spot, you're going to see more and more people do it, and they are. Basketball's been like that for years now. We, we call it the waiver wire.